Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean beauty. And of course, your guide to what is going on here on the ground in Korea. And for today's episode, basically what I wanted to do is just have a little bit of a talk through some of the things that I saw on the weekend at the K-Beauty Expo. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, I think I've done a recap of a couple of expos before. I can't remember how many off the top of my head, but expos are a very, well, they used to be a really popular way of introducing a whole lot of products and brands and things like that to the international buyers. And I've definitely noticed a change in the years since I've been attending the expos in who's coming, who's exhibiting, all of those sorts of things. So there are a whole lot of different expos that are run pretty much all over Korea, not just in Seoul. So there are some that are in Seoul. The K-Beauty Expo, which is actually called the K-Beauty Expo, is held out in Kintex, which is actually out in Ilsan, which is in the surrounding province of Gyeonggi-do, which is just outside of Seoul. Uh, takes about half an hour by car, a little bit longer if you're traveling out there by uh, subway. Uh, and that is generally the biggest expo on the calendar in terms of K-beauty. There's a lot of like smaller expos that are on, some that are in the city, uh, like the Cosmo Beauty Expo, Lots of different little ones, but some of them have a slightly different focus. So some of them I would say are more for people working in the industry, uh, maybe like estheticians and things like that here in Korea. And they have more of the kind of gadgets, machinery and products that they would be interested in. And then others of them have a bit of a wider focus in terms of, uh, for example, packaging, uh, raw ingredients. I think there is an entire expo just for people who are interested in buying raw ingredients. So the kind of people that would probably go to that are the manufacturers, the cosmetic formulators and whatnot. So it, you know, you can save a little bit of time if you are interested, if you are wanting to go to one of these by working out what the focus of the expo is. Uh, and historically, the K-Beauty Expo, the one that was just held last week and over the weekend, uh, was the really big one, particularly for the international uh, buyers, I guess, international guests and whatnot. They used to invite a lot of guests from other countries to come and speak at the expo on trending topics and things like that. So I went and checked it out over the weekend. I had originally been planning to go on the Sunday and lucky I checked the schedule because normally it's a four-day expo that's run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I thought, oh, look, I'll pop over on, on Sunday because I've, I've had a busy couple of days. Checked the thing on like Friday night and realized it was actually had been shortened this year to three days and was finishing on the Saturday. So I sort of raced over there on Saturday morning because I had a whole bunch of stuff to do on the weekend. And I just wanted to check it out and just see if what I saw at the expo was in line with what I thought would be there, whether there was anything really different. Uh, and I was surprised by a couple of things. The first was that considering that a lot of the COVID restrictions really have now lifted, it still was not as packed as it used to be pre-COVID. I did see far less international guests 
there. Now that could have been because I went on the weekend and what they normally do is the government does like a matching service, matching international buyers with local Korean companies on the Thursday and Friday. So it could have been that the international buyers were all of that all there on the Thursday and Friday and then they weren't there over the weekend and that's why I didn't see them p- potentially perhaps. But I it just felt like it wasn't there wasn't as many people there certainly on a Saturday as I have seen in previous years. Uh, and in terms of the exhibitors as well, I feel like there was maybe less brands in attendance than I've seen in previous years. I mean, I haven't gone through booth by booth and sort of calculated this or everything or anything. This is just a little bit of a, of a, you know, a feeling that I had. And there was a lot more of a mix of, of different things. It wasn't just brands exhibiting their products. So what did I see? (sighs) Lots of different things, but definitely you can tell from the way that companies are marketing their products and the claims that they're making about the products that vegan is is a really, really big one for the industry at the moment, that companies are really trying to get as much certification as they can. They're leading with their vegan claims. Uh, And uh, again, I've seen this at so many expos, like this is not a new thing. I think I first started saying that two or three, four years ago. So vegan is the way it's all trending. uh, And you know, making lots of claims around sustainability and things like that. Interestingly, this time around, I saw there was a manufacturer there focusing on natural soaps. Uh, And, you know, that's the kind of thing that you really would imagine you'd find more at like a local farmer's market or, you know, a market I don't know, that you go to on the weekend where you live, not at like an international expo. So I thought that was a little bit interesting. Uh, It looked like the exhibitor who was exhibiting has made uh, the soaps for quite a few of the big brands, including April Skin. They used to have a soap product that was really popular a few years ago called the Magic Stone. So lots of brands actually do make soaps. Uh, I think they perform well. They sell better in certain markets than others. Uh, But certainly I've seen a lot of brands coming out with a natural soap, vegan soap. So that is obviously uh, a thing. The other thing I noticed was uh, a brand concentrating on plant stem cells. Uh, So that is a really interesting area. There was another exhibitor there that was doing human stem cells and derivatives. Uh, And obviously that is just a minefield in terms of where you would actually actually be able to export that kind of thing. But the plant stem cells was interesting to me. They were using grapes uh, and things like that, extracting the stem cells from that. And that was the focus for their brand. So that was, you know, not entirely new. I've definitely seen, I'm pretty sure skin food many years ago used to have something like that. I'm trying to think what the name of the product is. It, It escapes me, but it's not an entirely new concept, but I certainly haven't seen anyone focusing on that as like the key focus of of their brand for a little while. Uh, Some of the brands that you may be familiar with that I ran into at the expo who were exhibiting were iUnique. They had a really big display there actually of all of their products Uh, and some by me. I don't know that I've seen them exhibiting before to be honest. I think that might even be the first time I've seen both of those brands exhibiting at one of the expos. I could have just missed them. I don't think I went last year. But anyway, they were both there. Acropass was there, uh, which is a brand that focuses on micro dart and micro needling technology. 
They had a range of products, uh, including a new retinal microdart technology as well. So they've obviously got the uh, the brightening microdarts. They've got their microdart pimple patches, those kind of products. Uh, so they had a fairly big display. Liz K had a big display. They had a, a, a vitamin C product that was popular a few years ago. I haven't seen much of them lately, but they had a really big display there as well. So there was definitely brands there. Oh, La La Recipe, who exhibited last year as well, they had a really interesting looking Yuja line, including a Yuja oil. So they were there as well. Uh, I spoke to a company that was doing uh, some refillable packaging options. So I have been looking into, you know, obviously the you know, eco-friendly, sustainable options that are out there for packaging, but basically for the whole year now, it's been something I've been looking into to see what's out there, what's available, um, the cost of all of this and how easy or difficult it's going to be to swap over to these kind of packaging options. So they were saying they don't use recycled materials for the packaging, but what they do have is the refills. So you get the, the big cosmetic jar, say of your moisturizer. And when it's finished, you just swap out the little plastic capsule inside for another little plastic capsule. So rather than replacing the entire tub, you're only replacing a portion of and they had lots of different options available for that. Uh, I know we've had a couple of questions come through over the course of the year from various people who were interested to know like what's being done. So that was one that I have seen that I don't know that I've, I've seen in previous years. So that's good to know that there definitely are more options on the table than there used to be. A couple of years ago, it seemed to be the bamboo packaging was the big one that they were trying to push. And, you know, bamboo packaging, packaging is is fine but it doesn't match the brand concept for a lot of brands like that would involve a complete redo so i think the the refillable packaging seems to work a little bit better if you've already got an existing line and you maybe can't redo the whole thing so i met with them and had a good chat with them and it was interesting to see that you know obviously there is demand for it in the market and people are making those products lots and lots of really cool looking devices at this year's expo, including uh, ones that, you know, analyze your skin. So you put your face inside the machine and it can analyze, you know, 10 different attributes of your skin to sort of tell you what issues you need to focus on. Uh, I'm assuming that those kind of products are more to go into, you know, estheticians offices, uh, you know, clinics and things like that. I don't know that you would use that at home. That sounds like overkill. I don't know. Maybe if you were super extra and you wanted to have a machine at home that would tell you what to do, but that looked really cool. So I spent a little bit of time at that booth taking a look at that. Uh, and they did have, you know, other things like that. A lot of devices, um, that you can use in, uh, in in a clinical setting that looked really cool but not not as relevant i guess for you and me at home who are just you know dabbling in our skincare uh and not you know using devices like that on ourselves the other really cool thing that i saw that i've not seen before and i actually ended up purchasing a couple was a brand a local korean brand it's 100 percent made in korea selling collagen pillowcases and i'd never heard of this before so i was a little bit like what is this about so what they are using is they've 
we've got collagen peptides in the pillowcase itself. And the idea is that it softens and hydrates your skin while you sleep. And they actually extracted the collagen from fish scales, which sounds really gross, but I have never felt a softer pillowcase in my life. I've tried, uh, you know, silk and satin and all of these, and apparently these are even softer and more hydrating for your skin. Uh, so they gave me a brochure and a leaflet and I sort of looked through it and then I touched the pillowcases and I was like, okay, you've sold me, like, get, <laughs> let me try them. So I'm really keen to try them out. Obviously the, uh, you know, they're not going to replenish your own natural collagen or anything like that. The idea is literally that the marine collagen is infused into the, the, fi the fiber of the fabric itself. So it doesn't actually go away and then it just softens and hydrates your skin as you use it. So I think that was the thing that I was most excited about just because I hadn't seen that before. I'm not sure if it's a new trend, uh, but the company that was making them, they were absolutely lovely, had a, had a good old chat to me and talked me through all of the technology and things like that. And once I, and they had a really, really great range of color selections as well. That's my, my only thing sometimes with the silk pillowcases. I just feel they maybe look even a little gaudy depending on the colors you get. Whereas these ones were really natural looking fibers. So they had, you know, charcoal and a really dusty rose pink and white and just not like the kind of pillowcases that would be able to fit onto any bed on any linen that you're using. Uh, and interestingly, this was a cover that covered the entire pillow, uh, but then it had like a flap that you could remove with uh, little buttons that clicked onto it. So I'm super keen to try them out. I ended up getting two sets in two different colors because I was so impressed. Uh, I got a bunch of samples from other companies uh, just to sort of see, but in terms of the actual brands that were exhibiting, I don't feel like I saw anything really groundbreaking. Like there wasn't any key trend that I could give you guys or even like a, an ingredient trend that I kept seeing pop up again and again. Like if I had to pick one, it would be the vegan angle and the natural angles, like even, you know, the extracting plant stem cells and things like that. The fact that they were doing natural soaps, natural clean beauty is definitely a hundred percent of the focus. Uh, so that was, if I could give you a trend, that would have been it. That was the call outs that a lot of the brands were making, but unfortunately nothing that really caught my eye or got me super excited except the collagen pillowcases. Uh, so look, it was definitely not a waste of time. I'm glad I went down there to check it out. Uh, it, it wasn't as exciting as it had been in previous years, but you know, they can't, they can't all be, I think the, uh, uh, the industry career in general is still bouncing back a little bit after COVID. I mean, we're still all in masks here. So that kind of lets you know uh, where we're at with it all. I mean, I've had people visiting literally all year and it's an absolute pain still to get into the country. So I even saw at the uh, presentations and things like that, that they were doing the circuit of speakers were nearly all local Korean people. They didn't have uh, as many international guests speaking uh, as they have had in past years. And I think that's just because it's still a little bit tricky to get over here. So look, hopefully next year might be a bit back 
back bigger and better. Uh, but for this year, it's really just a continuation of all the kind of trends that we've already been talking about. Uh, so you're not really missing out on anything. If you didn't get to the expo, don't worry. I will pop a few photos and things like that. I'll do a little video and pop it on to my Instagram feed so that you can see what I saw. But that was the wrap up from the expo. Uh, I will be back in your ears next week and until then I will see you on Style Story. 